Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we bring on Chef Michael Silverstein. As a chef, I will say with certainty, I believe that health starts and ends in the kitchen. I really do. I think that there's serious power uh, in just as simple as the food we eat. And like I said, I started my health journey without even talking about exercise or fitness. I think exercise and fitness has a whole other part of this discussion that's not any less significant, but different. You know, I, I do think that health especially when related to weight, starts and ends in the kitchen. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I wanna thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you for pressing play today. I've got a lot of vitamin G gratitude for you because out of all the options out there, you chose us and we know that there's a lot of podcasts and things you could be doing right now, but you chose us and you are going to love today's episode with Chef Michael. Chances are you have some of his cookbooks, you follow him on Instagram, I told him, hey, uh, Michael, your job today is to inspire me and other people who don't like to cook, inspire us to want to cook. And I think he did a good job doing that. Tomorrow is the release of his brand new book called New Keto Dinner in 30. Uh, he's going to talk about that and you could pre-order it today or if you're listening to this after October 25th, you could get it right now. I have an advanced copy. It is an, a beautiful cookbook and he's going to talk about that. But, you know, it's interesting because we start the conversation in a different direction. And uh, he was surprised by that direction. But I really love what we started off with. He shared a story, pain to purpose, being depressed, not living a life of passion and filling a void with food and why that led to him being obese physically, mentally, and why he believes self-love is the key to personal and professional success. And then we get into how keto played a role in his transformation. He lost a lot of weight, not just weight from his physical body, from his mental state as well. And he also shares about what, what is your body trying to tell you? You know, the body is always speaking and communicating to you, but are you listening? Very, very important. And then we talk about finding variety and diversity with the ketogenic lifestyle. We talk about food determines your mood why he believes health starts in the kitchen. It starts and ends in the kitchen. And what you eat will determine the health of your gut, your brain, the thoughts you think, the relationships you have. And then we get into the part where I asked him to convince me and to inspire me to cook more keto foods. And then he gives us brilliant practical ways to do that, fitting keto into your lifestyle in a quick and easy way. 
And then we close out the conversation talking about his brand new book, New Keto Dinner in 30, super easy and affordable recipes for a healthier lifestyle. Get it right now. We'll drop a link down below. Um, you're going to love Michael. He's a lot of fun, a good guy. He is one of the best chefs out there. He's been on really amazing TV shows as well, which we'll talk about. And before I bring him on, I, I want to get to the Apple podcast rating and review of the day. Give you a nice shout out for saying thank you <laughs> for leaving that rating and review. The person I chose today is uh, the handle is called Egg Casserole. Sounds delicious to me. Five-star review titled, Just What I've Been Looking For. I have recently jumped on the keto train. After listening to other podcasts for a few weeks, I realized that I had more questions that I could not get answers to listening to those. So I started digging deeper and I found your Keto Camp podcast. It is exactly what I was looking for. Thank you for all of your hard work preparing these interviews to help people like me. Well, welcome to the Keto Train. <laughs> so glad you found me and found the show. Uh, our goal is to make a big difference for you on your journey. So we appreciate you. We have brand new episodes three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So get ready. A lot of content coming your way. Egg casserole. Thank you for taking the time to do that and leave that review. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet, please do so right now. Pause and do it. Maybe I'll give you a shout out and read your review on the next episode. If you'd like to learn more about my four-pillar approach to keto, fasting, carnivore, keto flexing, and get access to coaching from me and our Keto Camp coaches, send me a message on Instagram, DM me, which means direct message me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at the Ben Azadi. Message me with the word energy, and I'll get you some info about potentially working with you as your coach. That's exciting. So message me, energy on Instagram. All right, let's get into this conversation with Chef Michael. Michael was just recently crowned runner-up on the all-star season of Master Chef with Gordon Ramsay. After beating out tens of thousands of competitors on season 10 on Master Chef on Fox, he returned to battle on Master Chef season 12, proving once again that he is one of the best cooks in America, if not the world. Michael's best-selling cookbooks, New Keto Cooking and New Comfort Cooking, along with his upcoming third book, which is released tomorrow, New Keto Dinner in 30, have been endorsed by Michelin star celebrity chefs Gordon Ramsay, Graham Elliott, Aaron Sanchez. Michael has been featured on, in People's Magazine, E! News, Hallmark Channel, NPR, Good Morning America, New York Post, National Examiner, Closer Weekly, all recipes, delish, medium, feed, feed, food, beast, Newsweek, Dipley, Mashed, and more. He's a three-time best-selling cookbook author, social media star, TV personality, and he's an awesome human being. Here's Chef Mike. Okay, I am with Chef Michael Silverstein, who you probably know of. He got his cookbook, or you are about to buy his new cookbook. And uh, you're a, a force to be reckoned with. You've been on TV re recently. You've got a whole bunch of great books. And I was just telling you before we hit record, Michael, that one of the goals I want for you is to inspire me and maybe some of my listeners and viewers who don't enjoy cooking, inspire us to get into that kitchen. Is that a, are you up to the task for that? I'll do my best. 
Let's uh, get back to your story, though, because your story is of pain to purpose, being very much overweight, around 29, 30 years old, you were 350 pounds. What what led up to that point? And what was the decision to make a change in your life? Man, we're diving into the meaty stuff. This is this is good. Thanks for having me. Uh, by the way, <laughs> of course. I, it's such a heavy topic. It's like a, it's hard to actually put words to it. And and, and one of the things that, uh, as a side note, <laughs> when you've gone through a weight loss journey, even when you've lost the weight, there's still a certain amount of shame about talking about yourself at that low in life. And I don't say low because of my number on the scale. Um, and that's what I'll get into in a second. You know, I actually don't think necessarily there's anything wrong with being big. I'm still, I would never call myself even close to sky side. I still think I'm overweight. Actually, on, on, on BMI, I'm still obese. Um, but that's Yeah, BMI isn't, it's nonsense. <laughs> but I was at a low, I think, just in my life and how I viewed and treated myself as a person. Um, and I think the number on the scale was was one piece that reflected that. And so I think it's hard as a chef uh, and just a lover of food and eating. I think, you know, when you're surrounded by food, it's easy to gain weight. Obviously, there's a lot of people in the food industry, you know, that struggle with this just out of proximity to food, I guess, on a very simple level. But that's really not what it is at all. And I think what I came to understand is that going through a very stressful career food was more than just food. I mean, it was my, it was my emotional release, it was comforting, which led to addictive properties, which led to emotional eating and binge eating habits that really caused me to spiral out of control over the years through my 20s. You know, food was the one thing that was like the best part of my day, you know, it was the one thing I looked forward to and could sit on that couch and stuff my face and it felt good. Um, It felt really good. And so, uh, you know, it took me hitting a rock bottom. It took me really realizing that beyond just just a number on a scale, beyond not fitting my clothes, there was there's a point where you got to ask yourself, like, am I in trouble? You know, is this healthy? Forget about the way I looked. Like, is this healthy? You know, my doctors didn't think so. And Um, is this the life that I want to live? You know, am I going to enter my thirties, which is still young? Like, you know, I'm still young in my mind. And, you know, is this the person that I want to be? Is this how I want to treat myself? It came to a realization for me around food, but so much more than that, that how I treat my body is, is, and how I eat is much more reflection of my self-worth and my, um, my self-love more than just a diet or or the calories or the, the macros that there's so much more behind it that's who I am and how I treat myself and I never treated myself very well and it, it, not until I was 30 years old that I was like you know what I'm actually going to honor my body and 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 look at food as something beautiful that can be a a fuel source to being a, a more powerful person so Man, I don't even know if I answered the question at this point. I'm I'm rambling because it feels so big to me to be talking about this. But uh, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, in summary, it was like I had to kind of hit a rock bottom, both physically and almost much more so emotionally and, and mentally before I was ready to make a change. You said a lot of things that I believe resonated with um, those listening and watching, including myself, because I have a very similar story to you 
I was obese, um, not just by BMI standards, but body fat percentage standards. And I was also abusing my body. I also didn't have love for myself. I hated myself. I also hit rock bottom. And you know, the really interesting thing about rock bottom, somebody might be watching and listening who's going through rock bottom. When you're in it, it feels like it's the worst thing ever. And um, you don't know how you're going to get out of there. But when you get out of there, the opposite direction, that potential to go up is so beautiful. And it's, it's it could create a new career path as it did for you. It could create self-love as it did for you. It could create new relationships as it did for you. So the point is that you just got to keep going. You just got to keep digging. Um, I had thoughts of not doing that. I don't know if you ever had thoughts of actually ending the suffering and ending your life. I sure did. But I'm so glad I didn't. And maybe you could share a little bit about how it was to be in that rock bottom. And was there like an aha moment, like a book you read that kind of woke you up to practicing self-love? Or was it somebody who shared something for you? Like, what was that switch? Because I know it, it just doesn't happen from anywhere. Like what turn that switch for you? Yeah, man, I, I, I think this is such an important topic. Um, and, and for me, it felt like, how do I put words to this? I, I think there's a real paradox when you are really heavy, that you feel very small in the world. And that there, there's a real paradox in that, that, you know, you might physically feel large, but you, I felt, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for anybody else. Cause if you feel powerful at any size, that's the, I, that's actually the goal. I wish I had that type of confidence, but I felt ashamed of who I was. Uh, like you said, I didn't love myself and that hurt that, that just hurt me to feel like a small person and to kind of want to hide, um, from the world, from myself, Physically, I never wanted to look in a mirror, but much more than that, I, I wanted to be invisible in a room. And I think there's a lot of people in my life who know me for a long time that that knew me when I was the little shy, insecure kid. And in many ways, I still am that. But the empowerment that I found, not because I lost weight, but because losing that weight unlocked a strength and a confidence and a, a newfound passion for just honoring myself and being the best version of myself that I can be because that weight loss journey played into that. It kind of unlocked an, a new chapter in my life that I never saw coming. Like I've never wanted to be on TV. You know, anybody who's known me my whole life so, so from childhood through my twenties, like I want to be in the back of the room I don't need any attention, right? And now, two, three years later, I'm on primetime television. You know, I'm, I'm hosting a... You came to my event in Austin. You know, I'm hosting events with 300 people and I'm standing on stage comfortable with the person standing there. And that dramatic of a journey um, has really forced me to look at look inside of, of who I am as a person. And what I've discovered is that, um, you know just a, a newfound confidence that that goes so much further than just uh, that surface level of like, oh, I'm confident in my own skin. I mean, yes, there's that, but the way that extrapolates into every facet of our life, the way that finding that little bit of of strength and um, love for ourselves, the way that that can play into 
your personal life, your professional life, your career decisions, not living in fear, not living in hiding, fundamentally changed the trajectory of my my whole world. Um, and, and I wouldn't have ever found that had I not maybe not hit that rock bottom. And that's, that sucks. I, I don't want that for people. You know, I, I, I see people who want change and I want that for them. And anybody has this in them, right? Unfortunately, for some people, it takes that rock bottom to, to decide, am I going to go, like you mentioned, down really dark from here? Or am I going to turn around and fix this? I wish it didn't take that, that much darkness to get there. And there's some people that don't need that rock bottom. Some people can get out of bed and just like, today is the day. And God, I wish I had that strength, but I didn't at the time. And so, uh, yeah, I think that rock bottom moment, while hard to even think or talk about, is also an important moment of my life. And I guess I needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I definitely needed it myself to to wake up, right? And Ideally, we don't want to have to go through so much suffering to have that awakening. And you don't have to, Uh, like Michael said, I mean, you could decide today to be that day, you're going to just change everything. You're going to let those negative thoughts pass and you're going to choose better thoughts. You're going to cut people that are toxic out of your life. You're going to just make some small changes in the kitchen, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Well, and, and even in that moment, it's not just a discipline thing. You know, I think anybody, forget about just weight loss. Anybody who's gone through any type of uh, health exploration, let's just say, you know, whether that's, I'm going to try weightlifting for whatever, like anybody who's tried anything physically or mentally knows that these things take time, they take work, they take repetition and practice and learning and exploration, I think is, is actually I like that word for it. I, I, I didn't intend to use that word, but it fits right. Like, and I'm still exploring what food looks like for me. I still binge eat if I'm having a week, right? Like I'm not magically cured. I'm not coming on this podcast and acting like I'm some enlightened being. I'm not. I hope I can cuss. Sorry. Well, you you did it. So it's all good. (laughs) I did it. But like, I'm not. And you know, and I think sometimes we see like, you know, influencer culture and podcasts and, and resources that are so powerful. And I also think it's important that we are humans and sharing that too, because this journey has not been linear for me. Yes, we can talk about the valley, that low that started this upward hill. But from there, it was a lightning bolt of ups and downs, uh, you know, uh, of trekking that mountain. And, you know, I I got some really good advice once um, that was, you know, don't look at weight loss like, um, you know, like the stock market where it's like every day you're checking your your portfolio value and, and don't, you know, just because one day you have a few less or a few more dollars than you did the day before. And that's not the point. Where are you at in a year? How's your portfolio doing in a year or six months or 20 years? You know, and, and I think looking at health that way and understanding that there's going to be some some small ups and downs and that's part of the journey, not letting that turn into a spiral of like a collapse, you know, why isn't the scale moving? Why isn't my muscles, why are my biceps getting bigger? Well, because it takes years. <laughs> that's, that's the answer. Um, and, and that sucks sometimes too. But I think going in and understanding that it's a journey and to enjoy that and to, to, to play with that and explore 
um, what that means for you. I'm I'm three, a little over three years into my keto journey, and I have gained weight. I have lost weight. I have failed. I have succeeded. I've done all of the things, but but the net of my three years of hard work is something I'm really proud of. And so I think that's just a, a good framework of, of patience and kindness as you enter a health journey at all. Very important because uh, losing weight is a byproduct of health. It's not lose weight to get healthy. It's get healthy to lose weight. And getting healthy, it's mental, it's emotional. Uh, getting healthy is physical. It's all these areas that you're, that you're referencing. Did you know there's actually beverages that can supercharge your fasting results? My favorite, which is a keto powerhouse, is apple cider vinegar. There's a ton of research showing apple cider vinegar has been beneficial for boosting your metabolism, suppressing appetite, reducing fat storage. That's because apple cider vinegar contains acetic acid, which is a short-chain fatty acid that's been shown to promote weight loss in those ways. Also, apple cider vinegar is one of the best ways to balance your blood sugars. A study showed apple cider vinegar improved insulin sensitivity after high-carb meals up to 34%. We also know that apple cider vinegar stimulates digestion, acts as a bile stimulant to help break down the fat you're eating on keto. Another research study showed apple cider vinegar protects against mineral depletion. If you're like me, you probably don't like the taste of apple cider vinegar. I think it tastes disgusting. That's why my go-to is Paleo Valley's Apple Cider Vinegar Complex. This is an organic blend of apple cider vinegar and four more gut and health supportive superfoods. I take this before my meals. I take it before coffee. And this enhances my fast and my blood sugar regulation. You'll find it contains organic apple cider vinegar, organic turmeric, organic ginger, organic Ceylon cinnamon, and organic lemon. Since you are a listener of the Keto Camp podcast, we worked out an exclusive discount code for you to get the apple cider vinegar complex capsules and all of the products over at Paleo Valley. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. By the way, they got delicious beef sticks and an awesome organ meat complex. Go check them out. Paleovalley.com. That is KetoCamp15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. I think one of the big parts of this conversation that we started off with here is you mentioned you were stressed out. I know you went to college for architecture and business, which is not what you're doing right now. So you were stressed out throughout your 20s. Um, I, I imagine you were not living a life on purpose with your purpose, meaning you weren't doing the things you love. And from what I hear, and you could kind of piggyback off of what I'm sharing, what, from what I, what I hear is that you had a void that you were filling with food for a temporary dopamine hit, but it wasn't getting to the cause of why you had that void. Is that an accurate assessment? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I did. <laughs> Hard yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I appreciate being called out. No, I think this, this, it's so true. You know, and again, Let's go back a second. This, this idea of you know sort of uh, doing something that maybe wasn't my calling. I nearly failed out of architecture school, actually, like it, in, in my junior year, and um, because it wasn't my passion. But in my mind, I was more trying to be what I thought was what the world wanted, what I thought people would respect. I didn't necessarily, you know, I I, I 
doctors and lawyers and architects, and these are the people of society that that we aspire to be. And uh, yeah, I guess you can see how well that went, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think being a chef isn't, well, one could make the argument, maybe now it's become cool and, and sexy to be a chef, but it wasn't always that way, right? Um, a lot of people would view the people in the back of a restaurant kitchen as, you know, it's a lowly job, prisoners and criminals covered in tattoos worked in kitchens, right? Like that's one perspective. Uh, now the culinary world has become really quite trendy. But as a kid growing up, you know, I, I remember telling my family at eight years old that I one day was going to have my own restaurant and um, begged, begged my parents to uh, to go into this Italian restaurant in my neighborhood. I wasn't legally able to work. I didn't even have a, a, a work permit. I was 13 and we begged the manager of this Italian restaurant to let me work there at 13. For It didn't matter what he paid me. I didn't care what he let me do. And uh, until I got my work permit and started working legally, I just sat there and rolled like silverware into napkins, like the old school Italian restaurants. They have a little napkin shape. Um, and I did that for hours and I freaking loved it. Like I was so proud to be working in a kitchen. And um, as, a, as a child, <laughs> I think I always battled with that, you know, and I think in many ways we all do. We, we kind of battle with with uh, facing who we are and, and how we interact with the world in that sense. But I've explored a few different careers in my life, too. Yeah, I mean, even after school, I, uh, I ended up playing around in real estate a little bit, which is still a passion of mine. I actually still dabble in real estate. It's just a side passion. I, I do really love designing and renovating houses. Uh, I think I, I enjoy the, the creativity of all of my work. I love creating beautiful things, I think, in a really simple sense, as corny as that sounds. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think food for me, and, and maybe this is good or bad, but you know, I grew up in a culture where food was the ultimate expression of love. And it's so beautiful. Like, I think you see in many cultures, whether you're Italian or Jewish or Nigerian, that food is at every it, it's, it, it's the center. You walk into anybody's home and their their mom's always going to say, are you hungry? Let me feed, you know, that's love. That's how you take care of somebody. And so that's how I took care of myself was just through food. And so when I was happy, I'd celebrate by eating. And when I was sad, I'd <laughs> eat. <laughs> when I was stressed or tired or, you know, and you get the point. And I think we all understand that. I think everybody to some extent understands that emotional yearning to eat. And so for me, kind of understanding that and, and, and trying to disconnect that at some points, trying to find a healthier relationship with the food uh, so that we can still celebrate. My life is about food. My life is about honoring and sharing food. So the last thing I'm trying to say is that we shouldn't use food as an expression of love. That's the whole point of my career. But but we also have to like be able to find boundaries and have those tough conversations around like when and where that's appropriate, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at, at what point did you discover keto uh, during your journey of uh, transforming your health? I know you said you've been in it for three years now, but what role did the keto lifestyle play with your transformation? Oh, it was it was the role. Frankly, um, and, and maybe, I might be wrong. Maybe it was four years ago. I'll have to think about this. Uh, time has been weird the last few years in the world. There's like this, the, you know, the COVID years that seemed like a time warp. But, you know, I did some research and and I, many times in my life, I've wanted to lose weight, even when I wasn't as big as I got, I still wanted to lose weight. And so I'd done some crash diets and 
saw success and gained the weight back and then some, uh, a story that all too many of us know. But when I had that moment of like, it's time to make a change, that, that moment we spoke about a minute ago, I wanted to find a approach that allowed me to still love food, that, that didn't require me to starve myself, uh, something that I might actually be able to stick to. And it didn't take long for me to be like, you know what, I'll try keto. And, you know, steak and butter and these things sound sounded great to me. Like I can still eat the foods that I want to eat. And, you know, sure, no bread, that sucks, but I'll figure it out. And, you know, I'll see where this goes. I, honestly, I went into keto so uncommitted. And again, I'm, I'm just being fully transparent. I went in completely doubting myself because that's who I was. And so I didn't tell, I didn't even tell my fiance at the time. I didn't even tell. I just to myself secretly started cutting out carbs. It wasn't maybe for two, three weeks that I even shared to my own partner what I was doing because I didn't want the shame of failing in front of anybody either. And I just assumed that I would fail. And so uh, I didn't go into keto like, this is the moment I'm changing my life and keto is the ultimate answer. I didn't go in that way. I went in like, oh, steak and butter and I can roast chicken and I'll make this work. And, I, you know, this, this should work for me as a chef because I could still use real flavors. And, you know, with a few exceptions, there's very rarely where as a chef, I can't be inspired by the food that fits a keto lifestyle. Very, very few exceptions where I can't make real keto food that, that doesn't leave me missing something. And so, um, yeah, I didn't have this grandiose plan for it. I didn't plan on changing my life. I didn't plan on sharing my recipes. Like this all happened really, really like haphazardly at the start. After a few weeks, then it became a couple months. And then it's like, wait a minute, this is changing my life. I mean, I feel, forget about the weight starting to come off. The feeling of, uh, empowerment and energy and strength and healthiness and even minor things like, my God, 10 years of acid reflux and GERD, two, three weeks into keto, we're just gone. Years of doctors and medications for, for acid reflux, gone in two, three weeks with no intention of, of any of that happening. My body was telling me that this was working within days that's when I was like, oh, crap, this is more than let me try this diet. This is fundamentally opening my eyes to something much bigger. And I don't even think I realized how sick I felt every day until I didn't. It had become normal to sort of wake up in bed in the morning and be sore. But that that just I thought that was normal that your feet hurt by the end of the night every day. I thought that was all normal until it was gone within weeks. Um, and so that's when things really shifted for me. That was the moment where I was like, all right, wait a minute. This is real. Let me start paying attention to this. Let me start researching. Let me start tracking what I'm eating and focusing on staying in ketosis and studying the science and what's really happening. And so, so that's why, you know, it took a few weeks for me to really be sold on it to this extent where now I basically dedicated my life to it personally and professionally. That did not happen overnight though. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love all the um, non-scale victories that, uh, you know, offered you. Uh, and it's so important because a lot of people, 
come to keto for specifically wanting to lose weight, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, which it can for sure help with that. But they stay because of all the other benefits that you mentioned, so many more. The acid reflux that went away, the joint pain that went away, turning your brain on, getting ketones in there. It's like, I call it the great land of ketosis because it kind of feels like this ketopia, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I worry I worry that these, like this moment that you're saying, like I worry that non-keto people think we're absolutely bonkers, that we're like culties because we're like, it'll fix your whole life. But it kind of will, like it kind of does. Like, but we sound nuts. Yeah, it sounds like a magic pill, right? But it it does. The name of the game is inflammation, right? And and when you do keto, you know the right way, you reduce inflammation and all these symptoms that. And those symptoms, by the way, I have a whole different perspective on those symptoms people are experiencing. Those symptoms are an absolute gift from your incredible human body, showing you you're out of homeostasis. You're creating interference in your body. We're showing you symptoms as a feedback mechanism for you to bring things back to homeostasis. That's what the body is doing. So with reducing glucose, reducing inflammation, reducing insulin, you remove the interference and then the symptoms go away by default. But we're not chasing those symptoms. You're not chasing the weight. You're not chasing the acid reflux. You're just doing your keto thing, getting healthy, and then the body starts to just regulate itself. And that's a beautiful thing about the human body. A hundred percent. But, and, 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 you know, I, I think one thing that was beyond just the, the symptomatic piece of this was I never realized it, it took me 30 years to realize how much your body talks to you and like sort of being tuned in to your, to yourself so much. I, I mean, I remember at, at the peak of my weight loss journey when I was testing my blood and, you know, really into it. Um, and I think, you know, part of why I was able to lose 80 pounds in one year was because I was really freaking focused. And I don't even necessarily recommend that for everybody. It was a little obsessive. And then now I'm just sort of in a maintenance lifestyle version of keto. So it looks different than that first year now. But um, I could tell you based on just how I felt almost to the decimal what my ketone levels were, you know, before I tested or my blood sugar, you know, like you become so aware of how much your body communicates with you and how you feel. I don't know. Does that make any sense? I, totally, again, I totally. feel like we sound, I sound crazy right now, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, I just never listen to to myself and, and that's why the body will tell you when it's happy. And it will tell you when it's mad at you. I think some people either want to ignore that because, you know, I did too. I still do sometimes. But, you know, I think sometimes we ignore what our body's telling us or sometimes we're just not paying attention. And so, like I said, for me, some symptoms that were happening in my body for years became so normalized that didn't even consider them symptoms. I just thought they were just existing. And I didn't realize how strong I could be if I just altered something as simple as what I ate. And, uh, and, and, and I, I didn't even get into, I'm not, literally, I lost all that weight without even walking into a gym once or doing a single workout. This was all dietary 100%, which is another part of this whole journey that we can get into. But like, all those changes happened within weeks without a single workout. And again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that this is the approach that was good or healthy, but it, it's just what I did. It wasn't until much, much more recently that I've discovered uh, exercise and fitness as a part of this this conversation. But that that was very recent. And to and to your point about the body giving you signals, I think it's both what you said that we're either ignoring them, we're not paying attention, but also it's like the new normal when you're going through all those symptoms and 
giving your body crap is you are numb to everything. And it just feels like that's just the way it is. But when you get healthy, and let's say you revert back to old habits, you're so aware now of um, feeling unhealthy versus where you felt healthy. It's like you, you got out of that numbness. And now it made you aware. So when you eat the wrong foods or perform you know, poor lifestyle behaviors like you did in the past, now you see it right away because you saw the difference of when you got out of that, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and I also, I recognize that this was my body and everybody's body, everybody's body is going to react differently to how you eat, to what foods work, what approaches work. Um, you know, I'm sure there's people who are like, maybe the, the high fat approach doesn't work for their body. For me, my God, my body was a, a just a, it lit up like it loved it, you know, it was instant. And I don't know, if, you know, I don't know if it's my my ancestry or what, but I think I could just survive off like raw salmon and, and olive oil and be okay. Raw. Did you say raw salmon? Yeah, I could do it. You know, I, chemically, I could do it. You know, I think I'm, I'm a bear in Alaska, like ready to just... <laughs> You know, I could, I literally, I have the salmon on my like, So speaking you know, of which, I, yeah. <laughs> speaking of which, you're going to love this, Michael. I just interviewed your friend, Gigi, G, the salmon oh, queen. Oh, she's a wild woman. Yeah, yeah. She's a wild <laughs> caught salmon woman for sure. <laughs> oh, God. It, well, you, obviously, we can cuss on here then because you wouldn't have had her on. <laughs> well, on the podcast, Ian, my sound generator beeps it out. But on YouTube, you're getting all the curse words. Um, Was there any anything not beeped on that episode? That, that would be... <laughs> well, on the podcast, we beep out the cuss words <laughs> Got it. to okay. keep it um, uh, non-explicit when we upload it. But it's all no curse. Ian will just knock it out. But Gigi... <laughs> Sorry, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I give Ian extra work. Um, But Gigi was great. She's fantastic. The episode will be out very, very soon. She's the salmon queen. Like I asked her the question, Michael. I asked her, well, because she, she said when she was pregnant, the first trimester, she was getting nauseous from salmon. And I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't have salmon. And then after the first trimester, she could bring it back in. And I said, "Was it what was more difficult, not having salmon for uh, three months or a few months or giving birth? <laughs> she said, not having salmon. <laughs> oh, God. For the record, I, I could not eat salmon every day the way she was. I was more just speaking in terms of like, M metabolically, I could survive off salmon. I, you know, I think I think primally my body could handle it. But I actually and maybe this is a good segue into the discussion of food and how that relates to this. And I guess I have a little bit of f food to discuss. But like, I think part of for me, what's really worked is diversity and variety of the food that I'm eating to keep it exciting. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, I think what you know, some people thrive in not having to think about, you know, if, if you're going to get through a diet, or you're going to get through a workout plan, you don't want to think about it. You know, you just need to be told what to do and eat, you know, like, like, same food, you know, once you find something you like, and it works, it's fine, you don't have to think about it. And, and that, um, that works for some people. For me, I feel like there is this world of food out there, no matter how much I try to find and explore and learn from and discover in the food world. I always have this sense of FOMO that there's more I could taste, that there's other countries that I haven't been to and haven't gotten to taste and learn from locals. And, you know, like th that, I'm kind of on a life mission personally and professionally to just like absorb as much information as I can about food. And so I need to find food in this keto diet space that excites me, um, to be frank. Like I, I can't. 
And, and that doesn't mean fancy. Believe me, um, I don't eat fancy food every night, but I need variety or I get bored. And if I'm bored, I am out. Like then I'm in the drive-thru line, right? So part of my personal journey that, that maybe kicked off the professional journey around, around keto food and recipes was I just needed to, to find ways of making keto food sexy enough for me to stay, <laughs> sexy enough for me to want it every night. Uh, that was like literally my approach. And so that's what that's kind of how my, my keto recipe and, and chef phase of my career started was... was for myself purely actually and and was just every night just cooking really fun and vibrant meals and exploring how cool and and different keto food could be at home not telling anybody not sharing anything I had no social media like just for me purely because I just wanted to do it for myself and that's when um you know my fiance was like you should probably like share some of this like maybe if you started an Instagram this could help people and I'm like no one cares about my keto food Uh, no one's gonna care you could be more wrong my friend (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i started an instagram account like uh, on a whim it wasn't even my name i just called it keto homemade um oh i didn't know that now it is your name yeah 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 there's some people who who have been following me since keto homemade um shout out to you guys you're my family um uh, i could think of a few friends from back then right off the bat you know you connect really early with other people in, in the keto space and especially a few years ago when it was much smaller, much, much, much smaller. It wasn't this like big trendy diet. It, it just was at the beginning of that. But, you know, I immediately started connecting with other keto people we were doing recipe sharing and it was a whole little vibe. We were a little community and I started sharing my recipes. And uh, actually I didn't change my name to Chef Michael on Instagram until after the first MasterChef. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So I was not interested in like creating this social I've, I've never wanted to to be an influencer I, I don't know i just it's just not really what i was looking for at the time and and but people started resonating with it you know i started connecting with people and it was helping them and uh, i literally got a phone call from an unknown number that i remember it said los angeles california on my iphone and i was like what and uh some woman picked up and said hey i, I work with gordon ramsay can you be in new york city in three days <laughs> like what is this a prank <laughs> i'm like wait is this serious like can you send me some email like what's going on um and i, I drove to new york city um and uh and cooked for for some of his culinary staff and they were like dude you're really good actually i think their words were you knocked us out of the park uh then they were flying me to la i was i was doing some more work with them and uh next thing you know i'm on on a season of master chef i filmed that came back and was like maybe I should do something here. Cause I didn't realize how much my food was really um, connecting with people. If it was connecting with people online and it was connecting with people on television, maybe, maybe there's more to this that I need to explore. Switched my handle to chef Michael keto and uh, never looked back. Quit my job, quit my job, literally sold my house, moved to Austin with no job, no plan. Just gave this a shot. I got to, I had no cookbooks. I had no nothing. I got to Austin with literally no job and was like, I'll figure it out. Uh, I'll drive Uber. I don't care. I'll figure it out. I'll hustle. And uh, a few weeks after I got here, I landed my first cookbook deal. That's super cool. I love that. Just just a total whirlwind of crazy things happening. It's such a perfect example of um, creativity follows commitment. Right. You you committed to figuring it out. You committed, I'm gonna go to Austin, I'll figure it out. And then the creativity came and then boom, you got a, 
a deal for your uh, your cookbook. Um, and by the way, your Instagram is fantastic. If you really want to get the a salivary glands going and get that hunger hormone ghrelin going, and you're ready to prepare yourself for a good meal or, or watch some of your well well uh, produced and photographed meals, it's uh, chefmichael.keto on Instagram. I guess somebody had the Chef Michael Keto, or did, why did you put the dot in there? <laughs> yeah, so, and there's so there's so many Chef Michaels, so uh, yeah. <laughs> they're all owned. It was so hard. It it actually kind of drives me nuts. But now that now that I'm um, uh, I'm not saying this is a flex, but like now that I have the blue check, you're not allowed to change your name, or I lose the check. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so well, you'll know it's Michael when you see the blue check. Yeah. He's the, <laughs> well, and like I have no reason to just to shorten it, but I'm not changing. Like the keto part is is forever, but like just because it's long, I would love to like find a way to get those the last word off just to shorten it. But um, now now it'll be forever. So you guys uh, are are stuck with me. Keto. <laughs> um, no, but, nothing wrong with the name. But, you know, to your point, you know, I think sometimes um, a little bit of scrappiness, uh, you know, helps. But I think this goes back to where we started the conversation a little bit, which is the empowerment that I found by, by finally learning to love and trust in myself just a little bit more than I had my whole life. And and that that really started with, with keto in, in many senses. And you know, I think that I, I continued to realize how much could be discovered outside of my comfort zone. And, and, uh, you know, if I didn't, if I still wanted to be that, that small, insecure person, that's still sitting on on one shoulder, you know, and then I have this other person over here, that's like, you're awesome, go for it, go for it, you know, and that's a, that's a internal battle that I still struggle with. But the little guy was winning my whole life. And so I think all this kind of represents just this this new chapter for me of pushing myself, challenging myself, um, challenging myself in the kitchen, challenging myself in the gym recently. Like everything about my recent journey has just been really, 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 really um, struggling and and embracing that struggle and and taking risks and and trying to have fun with that um but i haven't you know i lose sleep because of it it's not an easy lifestyle to to constantly be be taking risks like this it's a little bit of like entrepreneurship meets chaos (laughs) all the time entrepreneurship is chaos (laughs) it really is hey keto camper there's a simple tip that i teach to my students inside of my keto camp academy that really helps them on their journey in the great land of ketosis. Now, a lot of people who do keto, they tend to struggle because they are missing this simple little tip. And that is the importance of replenishing your electrolytes, especially when you lower your carbohydrate intake, like ketosis, you're going to lose a lot of extra water weight. That's a good thing. You're going to look lighter, you're going to feel lighter. But the kidneys go through this diuresis process and you do release electrolytes as well. That's why so many people do keto, but they have unpredictable mood swings, energy crashes, they feel exhausted and they're wondering, why am I not getting all those amazing benefits everybody speaks about with keto? The simple fix, use a high quality electrolyte. The one that I use, the one that I love is Upgraded Charge from Upgraded Formulas. I love them because it's a unique proprietary absorption method with nanoparticles and it has a 99.99% absorption rate. This is maximum bioavailability. 
upgraded charge includes upgraded magnesium, upgraded zinc, upgraded sodium, potassium, and it tastes freaking awesome. It actually tastes like a non-alcoholic margarita. The flavor comes from a natural lime peel. Take upgraded charge during your intermittent fast throughout your day. Replenish those electrolytes, and you're going to notice a difference in your energy, your mood, and you're going to really maximize the incredible benefits of ketosis. Upgraded Formulas has given you a 15% off coupon code for being a valuable listener of the Keto Camp Podcast. That is awesome. They're awesome. If you head to upgradedformulas.com and use the coupon code KK15 at checkout, you can get 15% off their upgraded charge and anything else you add to your cart. That is upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code KK15 at checkout. I will also drop a link for you down below in the notes. How important is it the food we're giving our bodies? How does that relate to our mental health, right? I know that food determines your mood. So how how does that go for you? Like as you noted, did you notice as you started to eat real food, it actually helped with saying um, shut up to that little guy saying you can't do it and feeding more of the guy saying you can do it? Yeah, you know, of course. And and I'm I'm no scientist, and so I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that I don't know if it's the food or the results of the food, right? Like you know, we we I've heard a lot that that your your stomach is your sort of second brain, and that that gut microbiome is sending signals that are affecting really every part of the systems of our body, mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally. But then there's this sort of like chicken or the egg for me where I'm like, is it that or is it just that I'm doing the hard work of of also working on my mental health? Or is it, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know, I, I think it's part of my journey is, is trying to answer that question um, with some certainty. And, um, you know, I don't know. What I do know is that there is a net gain overall to eating better. And this applies to to people who um, aren't doing it to lose weight or losing weight, or for whatever reason, you're switching up what you might be eating, you might have a medical reason that you have to get rid of certain foods, you know, gluten intolerance, whatever it may be, PCOS, whatever your reasoning is for making change, you know, are are the improvements of, of your life a result of those changes? Or is it because you've made the decision to just do better? And, and that psychologically and subconsciously creates other emotional changes as well. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly the way my my eating affects me physically and mentally is is not psychosomatic. I mean, it's very real for me. Um, and, and it was noticeable right away. Um, and even now, as I sort of experiment with my body, I don't eat keto 100% anymore, um, especially if I'm traveling or on vacation. And I want, like I said, I want to explore the world of food. The way that I start to physically and mentally deteriorate within 72 hours of not eating keto food is, is quite fascinating to me. And not even physically. I don't get stomach aches or it's not like a, a, an immediate reaction. It's not like I eat a piece of bread and I fall apart. It's a slower cellular shift, right? Like something starts to happen. And then it's like day three, I'm like, wait, this is the first time I've had acid reflux in a year. And then wait, I'm exhausted. And then 
like it's it's this slow slow down of my of my physical self and and also my mental uh, mental self so um yeah i think i think it's all part of the exploration of, of how this stuff affects me i mean look as a chef i will say with certainty i believe that health starts and ends in the kitchen i really do i think that there's serious power uh, and just as simple as the food we eat. And like I said, I started my health journey without even talking about exercise or fitness. I think exercise and fitness has a whole other part of this discussion that's not any less significant, but different. You know, I, I do think that health, especially when related to weight, starts and ends in the kitchen. But building a lifetime of of of, of health and, and wellness overall. Um, I do think exercise and fitness are, are critical to that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, and I think I agree. I think they're all connected, right? They're all, uh, the decision versus like eating the real foods and what's that doing for you. But let's, let's finish the conversation, Michael, with maybe some, I want you to inspire me to cook more. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. I'm in there. I'm like, yeah, I'll listen to an audio book and cook at the same time. And I'm always thinking, I, I just don't enjoy it. So I'm like, oh, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. So how do, how do I make it more enjoyable? What are some simple things you have in your upcoming book, which is called uh, New Keto Dinner in 30? Just give us some inspiration. Give me some inspiration here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to answer this in two parts. So I'll, I'll start with the easy answer, which is finding really easy recipes or really easy approaches to food. And you know, what I try to do with my recipes is obviously create a step-by-step -step guide as simple as possible to making something, but I also try to teach through my recipes. And like, you know, in all my cookbooks, every recipe has a pro tip, ways that you can kind of learn and put your own twist to it, a different meat, a different spice, something you can do where next time you don't have to even open the book. Next time you're just like, oh, I kind of remember how to, you know, I know how to cook chicken a new way. Let me try it with these spices and lemon pepper instead of Cajun or whatever. Any exploration you can do, I think, can can be fun. But finding finding good recipes. I have my new cookbook coming out, which is, is which is yeah, hold it up, hold it up for you This is the new cookbook. This is actually the first copy in the world. <laughs> my author sample. It's crispy. I've, I haven't even really opened it fully because I don't want to bend the spine. But what I think this book, what I know this book is about, is uh, an answer to your question. And I don't know if you asked me that question on purpose or not, but I genuinely feel like this is the problem a lot of people face, me included. If you think that I come home after a long day of work and feel like cooking, I promise you I don't. So you are okay for thinking that. But I created a book with 30, truly 30 minutes, not 30 minutes of cutting and then put in the oven for four hours. No, like actually start to finish 30 minute dinners. And, and they're super simple, super simple, you know, one pot, one pot meals, there's a salad section, but little like uh, air fryer, pork belly bites and all kinds of things, little blue cheese, uh, asparagus, saute, things you can chop up. Most everything is one pan or throw it in the oven kind of meals. And they're all super freaking delicious. So easy, easy question to answer on, 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 the, on the surface level, which is find great recipes. And this book might be helpful. Um, you can find it on my website and stuff. I think also, Maybe we have something in common, but but flipped, right? And I don't I don't know, but I my whole life hated working out, and I love cooking, so I, I have that advantage, right? Generally, I love cooking, and find it so fun <laughs> most days. But I hate working out. I hated working out. Um, 
I thought it was just something I had to do. And it was this, I was never going to be an athlete. I was never that guy in high school that was, I was in marching band and choir. I wasn't the football jock. So I had just assumed and, and decided and, that I was just never going to be someone who enjoyed exercise. And um, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it wasn't until that pro prophecy got questioned that, that something shifted. And so, so why am I saying this? I'm saying this because maybe for you, cooking is your working out for me and that you have decided that you don't enjoy it because maybe you just don't feel like you're that good at it or maybe it's just so, it feels like something you have to do every day and it just it isn't something you enjoy and i'd ask you to to question that and i'm really asking the listeners or anybody watching this to question that and find food that you do enjoy to cook just like i have found exercises that i do enjoy and and they're not everything i hate running you will not find me on a treadmill and that's okay if you don't like cooking you may not want to set up a meal that takes six hours for yourself that's going to feel like torture find something really simple that you can enjoy and try to have fun with it but just sort of like let go a little bit in the kitchen you know and i, I don't know if that makes any sense but i think sometimes we we make decisions and those decisions become holes that we get stuck in. And I've had to crawl out of a few of those and change my own, my own mind about some of those things. But cooking doesn't have to be complicated. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes recipes can be very, very complicated, mine included. I mean, my first cookbook is really a fancy keto book. And so if you're someone that doesn't want to chop a bunch of vegetables or whatever, maybe that first cookbook isn't for you. But maybe this, this third one is the perfect one, right? Like, that's, that's why... I do this is because there are different levels. You know, there's people who run marathons and there's people where walking a block is, is an accomplishment and that should be treated with as much honor. You know, if you've never walked the power of walking around your neighborhood and how that could open up new doors for you um, is immense. And it's the same, same thing for someone maybe like yourself who just doesn't get in the kitchen enough Start, throw, throw a whole chicken in the oven, throw a whole chicken in the, in the crock pot or the pressure cooker, something where you literally don't have to cut a vegetable. Keep it simple, have fun with it, find some good food. I, I do think that good food is critical in this because I hate to, I'm not trying to be shady, but like not every recipe you find online is, is good, um, especially in the keto space. And so, uh, you know, finding recipes that, that you really connect with and food that you connect with that'll make you happy, um, I think is a really, really good place to start. Great, great uh, explanation. I, it, it makes total sense with the exercise part of you hating it. But there's different ways to make it enjoyable. Same thing with yeah. cooking. So you kind of solved the problem with your new book, New Keto Dinner in 30. The book is out tomorrow, October 25th. So if you're watching or listening to this episode on the day of release, October 24th, you could get the book pre-order right now. If you're listening or watching after the fact, you could get it available right now. Where's the best place to get it? Anywhere. Target, Walmart, uh, Amazon, just search Dinner in 30 or Michael or whatever. You'll find it. it there's a link in my bio on Instagram, chefmichael.com. Um, I have a whole cookbook section. Um, and then also, like, if you're listening to this on the 24th, today's the last day for pre-orders. And... Um, I will send you a free uh, slow cooker keto ebook that I wrote just as a little thank you gift for anybody that pre-orders. 
as someone you know you've you've written uh, a book it, it, you you know pre-orders can can really help uh, uh, indicate to you know to stores like Barnes and Noble and stuff that that your book is in demand. So if if you can go today and pre-order and then shoot me a message or go to my website and you can download um, a slow cooker ebook as a free gift. So today is the last day to do that. But tomorrow uh, the book is officially out. Dinner in 30, it's my favorite book that I've ever written. And I, I know I should say that, but I actually mean it. There's just so much yummy food. There's even like desserts that you can make in like five minutes. And you'll see like, you know, like literally like the recipes have like one step. Like they're all, uh, I'm looking at it. I'm not showing you. Do you see like how short? Yeah, like <laughs> half a page. This is just some information. This is the instruction. It's like oh, yeah, four, the block. four sentences. Okay. Yeah, it's it's all super simple. So um it's it's food for everybody yeah simple is what i i love about it um so go get the book we'll put a link for it down in the podcast notes or if you're watching on youtube it's in the youtube video notes uh michael's instagram is chefmichael.keto his website is chef-michael.com anywhere else that you want them to go chef michael on on uh, youtube chef michael on tiktok chef michael at my home address which is no um <laughs> no i i appreciate being here this was a lot of fun and actually um i thought it was really special that we were able to get into some some deeper yeah i'm oh, sorry ian some deeper stuff <laughs> um because i think it's important i i really mean it i think that uh part of discovering your health is is diving in a little deep and sometimes that's easy sometimes that's hard but it's important work and i will be the first to admit that i also do therapy and work on my mental health as well as my physical and i i want other men to hear that and that it's okay and it doesn't mean you're crazy or weak being your best self is is everything so go out and do that amen i love it i love it michael well a final question for you is about my favorite vitamin in the world called vitamin G, gratitude. What are you grateful for today? Oh, man. Um, I mean, easy answer is, is what I just said, that the ability for, for us to have a conversation like this where we can dive in. You know, I think it's, it's really easy to just talk about weight loss and diet and, and simplify it as, you know, 20 net carbs. Exactly. And it is that. It is. But there's so much more when you when you dive deeper and uh uh i'm really 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 just really grateful that you want to talk about these things and that you're sharing that with a larger community and hopefully maybe one person heard something today that that they resonated with and and do one step better you know i'm working on that every day so if one person has left here one percent more empowered than they were before that's all I'm looking for. Well said, brother. Well said. Well, Michael, thank you. I'm grateful for you and your work. And thanks for making cooking easy for us in the keto space. <laughs> I look forward to seeing how this book does. I think it's going to do really well. So go pre-order it or go order it, depending on when you're listening and watching. We'll put links down below. And thank you so much for your time and for opening up authentically and sharing with us your journey. Thank you, Michael. Uh, no, thank you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text you and make sure you cook at least once a week. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that fun conversation with Michael. If you want to watch the video format of today's interview, that can be found on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash ketocamp. His brand new book, 
new keto dinner and 30 is released tomorrow, October 25th. So go get it. We'll drop a link down below, including his YouTube, his Instagram, his website, his social media. Everything can be found down below. Share this with somebody you know. Let's make a big difference for people in our lives. And please consider leaving the podcast a rating and review if you haven't done so already. If you want to get health coaching from me and learn about my four-pillar framework system or signature course called the Keto Camp Academy, send me a message on Instagram with the word energy. My Instagram handle is at the Benazadi. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you for spending part of your day with Michael and myself. Have an incredible rest of your day. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you.